delighted to have you in the podcast where all stories are welcome and the masks come off. Hi Rita. Hi there Shiva. Welcome to Soul Brews with Shiva. I'm so delighted to welcome you on Coffee and Soul. Thank you so much for making the time. My pleasure. Happy to be here. My yeah. first time on any kind of show. So I'm very <laughs> delighted. I'm super happy that you could you did make the time, Rita. Thank you. Um, you have your cup of coffee ready with you? Yes. Okay, good. So I'm just also going to pour myself my cup. What kind of coffee do you drink? I normally have black. There are different kinds. Sometimes uh, Mark's coffee, of course, from Oroville. Mm. And sometimes I, I take um, um, Blue Tokai, some of the estates, coffee. I, I like normally a medium roast or a light yeah. roast. I don't really like too much a dark roast. So, cheers, like Rita. Cheers, Shiva. Good to see your face after such a long time. Good to see you too. So can I just ask you to hold this cup of coffee in between your palms? Mm-hmm. And if you can just sit back. Sit and relax. Yeah, and just relax. Wonderful. And just close your eyes and the feeling of coffee, the warmth of the cup yeah. and the smells wafting the fragrance. See if there's anything that comes up for you, Rita, any feelings or images. Basically, uh, I get the feeling of the South Indian coffee brew, you know. Yes. <laughs> I had uh, spent about three weeks at, I forget the name of the hotel in Chennai doing a course on a whole lot of things, uh, hotel management, sales and marketing. And uh, they had the, in their coffee shop and I got addicted to that thousand things. Wow. Yeah, with the result, uh, can't find it anywhere in Calcutta. Mm, mm, mm. Every time we used to travel from uh, Chennai to Pondicherry, yeah. Roma was not much of a coffee lover. Yes. But, yeah. uh, she definitely make a stop for me to have my South Indian brew. And you'd be surprised, there is no South Indian brew available in Pondicherry. Really? Yeah, I don't find it unless you go to, what was that restaurant? Surguru. Uh, no, the old one uh, where they sell, it's a very old one. I don't think they sit there anymore. That's the only place you used to get it. And I said, how strange we are in the South of India are not able to get a South Indian brew. I know. That's very interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm really surprised at that. Okay. All right. Uh, but that is my actually favorite coffee. Okay. And of course, then there's a Starbucks and then there's, I drink David off. Yes. Anything, but nothing beats the South Indian coffee. I know. I know. I yeah. Think. Yeah. That's true. It's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so, Rita, linking in from what you were just saying, you talked about going to Pondicherry, there was a mention of Roma. I'd love to hear a little more about, and my viewers, to know a little more about you and your journey thus far. You know, how has it been for you? I know you've worked in education since forever. And, um, and take us through it. Take us through your journey, your highs and lows. and Some, some, some yeah, go ahead. Sure. You know, I wasn't always in education. Mm. Uh, I started out in the office as a 
First, let me tell you, in our family, uh, the kind of middle-aged conservative family that I come from, believe it or not, <laughs> girls were not allowed to work. So, wow. How did you escape that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my father was very keen on education. And when I finished my graduation and I said, uh, I was a bit restless, wasn't very that bright academically. I mean, I did get through. And uh, he, I said, I don't want to study anymore. Mm. He said, okay, if you don't want to study, we'll uh, get you married. I said, oh my goodness, that doesn't seem like a good option. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, st I said, no, 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 I don't want to get married as yet. So he always used to say, teaching is a very noble profession. So I joined the uh, classes for teaching, teacher's mm. training. Actually, I was quite devoted to my father. To me, mm. he was the world. Mm. And he and I were always at loggerheads, whatever we think. Mm. He would sit at the head of the table and I'd be at the foot of the table and we'd argue mm. and butt heads because I wanted to question every dicta that mm. he threw at us. And the, one of them was that, you know, teaching is a noble profession, so I enrolled for teaching. Right. And I got good grades, but then I took up a job, strangely enough, at a place called Hindi High School. Okay. And I was there for 15 days. <laughs> all of all of 15 days. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. A, talking that much. Yeah. Just couldn't do it to come home. And my dad would be very happy to see me and say, how was your day? And I'd say, <laughs> oh, okay, have a cup of tea, then we'll talk. Two weeks is all I could manage because uh, it was a boys' school. Mm. It was so rowdy and they would throw these paper plates at me. Mm. There were 45 students in my class. I hadn't a pocket. Mm. And I was this 118-pound girl who had never worn a sari and I was in my sari trying to be very teacherish and all that didn't work. And then when I resigned, of course, my results hadn't come out as yet. Yes. In, the, in the meanwhile, they gave me a job. Then I resigned and went to the principal. He said, but why are you leaving? Oh. And I, I, I told him something very rude. He said, aapke school mein ameer logon ke ladke hain. <laughs> <laughs> That was Mr. Pandit. Pandit was brother of one of the famous um, actors in Hindi movies, Raj Kumar. Oh, okay. So, and I got a whole, you know, in those days, teacher's salary uh, was 250 bucks. Yeah. So whatever was my due, I got that salary. And I walked back and I picked up little gifts for the entire family, dad, mom, sister, brothers, servants, friends. Those days you could buy, there was this uh, showroom downstairs, Bombay Dying. Yes. Beautiful sarees for five rupees. My God, that's amazing. Amazing. I'm talking about 1965. Mm, mm, right? Mm. You were born probably. No, just about. Just, <laughs> just about before. So I came home and I told my family that I quit and these are their gifts. And my father very upset. He says, you will amount to nothing. Mm. You understand Punjabi? 
I understand Punjabi. Of course, I know I'm a Punjabi. Yes. Yeah. He tells me, Akhandavich Kasundeke Ruengi Zindagivich. So translate it for my viewers. Uh, meaning you'll really have, uh, weep bitter tears in yeah. the future because you'll amount to nothing. Mm, mm, mm. So that kind of lodged in my heart very deep. Mm. It hurt me quite a bit also. Mm. So I said, okay. Then um, I started doing law. That also was, he was very interested in astrology. Okay. And he had these uh, friends who would come and discuss horoscopes and all. Yes. And of course, I was very argumentative. Right. Thanks to, you know, uh, Perry Mason and all the other books that I used to read. So this, you used to read a lot, yeah? A lot. We had a, a Oxford bookstore library over here on yeah. Park Street. And we had a weekly membership of five books. Okay. So and I would drop them because they're not allowed to move out of the house so freely. Mm. So to go to the library was a very good excuse. Right, right. We trot off to the library, change our five books, finish it in three or four days' time, both of us. But since we were such good customers and we were so close to the house, Michael was the librarian there. He would let us change our books every fourth or fifth day instead of waiting for the mandatory week. Okay, okay, yes. Okay, so this... Um, uh, let the astrologer and my father decide that since I was so argumentative, I should try and try for law. Okay. Yeah. So I enrolled for law class. Then I uh, said that I have to show my father that I can do something. Mm. So we had a very dear friend, my sister's friend, Aisha. Mm. She used to work uh, downstairs below mm. this flat in. Uh, Airlines called the Scandinavian Airlines. Yes, SAS. Yeah, SAS. Mm. So uh, I told her, I said, I want to take up something. She said, take up anything. Doesn't matter. Don't go for the... She was quite a mentor for me. Mm. So we looked at these ads and I said, I'm not qualified for anything. And the one thing that I'm qualified for, I don't want to do it. So I found a job as a receptionist on telephone operator. Okay. So I told Aisha, but I don't know how to operate the telephone. Mm -hmm. So she said, doesn't matter. You come down to my office and I'll uh, ask the girl to teach her. And then she told me there are two types of boards. Mm. One is cordless, one is with cords and one is with levers. Okay. You go for this interview, you learn the lever system. Mm. And if, you, if they ask you which board have you got experience in, Whatever they have, you say, I, I don't have experience in that. I have it in the other. Hmm. So the whole career is founded on a lie. <laughs> on a tip. <laughs> and for a person who hates telling lies, who sticks by the truth so much. So they asked me, can you operate the board? I said, what board do you have? He says, we have the, the court board. I said, no, I can learn it. I have practice on the lever board. They gave me the job because first and foremost, they couldn't believe that a person from my kind of family would want to come out and work. You know, yeah. those were di different days. Of course, of course, yes. So I got with that. And I, that was, I think, I turned 21 on 16 and I started work on the 25th of January. 
Wow. So I came home and told my dad, I've got a job. And I'm going to pay you back everything you spent on me. So he laughed. Yeah. And then I refused to take any money from him. I, I wanted to pay my way on this wonderful, marvelous, huge salary of 585. 585. Wow. 585 rupees. You should have seen me in those days. I had 24 pairs of sandals <laughs> matching every outfit because the Amazing. Chinese should make yeah. for 20 you were, bucks. You were in Calcutta, right? In, I was in Calcutta. Also. Yeah, yeah, the Chinese shoemakers. Yeah, yeah. So uh, different colored sandals. And uh, they hired me. I went for the interview in the sari, but then I switched to Salwar Kameez. Yeah. Because I still couldn't manage the sari very well. This is a British company called India Foils. India Foils, yes. Okay. Yeah. With its main office in UK called the Nesta Foils. And I was the baby of the organization. Mm. Mm. So I was there for two and a half years. And then I switched to Bank of America. And in Bank of America, I was there four years. Uh, I asked for a transfer to Delhi when my father had a construction job. Okay. He was a civil engineer and contractor. Had his All right. own company for construction, electrification, mm -hmm. interior design. Okay. You know? Yeah. He got a job in Delhi and he was there for six, eight months. And I told my people in uh, Bank of America, Calcutta, I want to be transferred to Delhi. Mm. So they transferred me to Delhi. Unfortunately, six weeks later, his contract was over and he came. Oh. Anyway, I took up in the, one of those, what do you call it, Barsatis? Yes, yes. In defense colony. Yes. Put up home there. Then uh, an, teamed up with another friend, mm. Parsi girl called Katie. Mm. And from defense colony, we moved to, uh, what is that, uh, army quarters? Princess Park? Ketna, where all the army quarters are there. Punjabi Bagh? Is it Punjabi Bagh? All right. I'm, I'm not sure. Dhalakua, Dhalakua maybe. No, next to, uh, next to that market. Anyway, it will come to me. Okay. So there was Colonel Ten and his wife, Rainy. Okay. With them for three months. Then uh, I gave up that job after some time and I was looking around for another job. And of course, we had to go to the post office to make phone calls. Mm. There were no cell phones and uh, letters. And then my father told me you better come home. He didn't know I had quit my job. Mm -hmm. While I was looking for a job, I found another job. Mm. In the meanwhile, my dear friend Roma called up my office to talk to me and they said that she's quit. Okay. So she whispered in my sister's ear, you know, she's quit her job. So we don't know what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. So she told father, father wrote me a letter saying, you better come home. Don't <laughs> force me to come and get you. <laughs> so I said, okay, that would be quite you know, inglorious to yeah. drag back. Right. Pack my bags and I arrive in Calcutta. And who should greet me at the station is Roma Hira. 
she was very close to my sister at that time. My sister was a beautician. She was running this uh, huge uh, clinic called Mademoiselle in oh, okay. Calcutta. And Roma used to hang around them. I had met her because when I was in Bank of America, Calcutta, mm. she, I had approached her to come and run our canteen. She mm. was always interested in food. So let's take a second to talk about Roma, Hira, because that's something that you and I have so much in common. Yeah, well, the, this, this segment is nothing but Roma. Yeah. When I got off the train and I saw her, I said, why the hell did you tell everybody that I quit my job? <laughs> so she was quite bashful and taken aback. She said, well, I thought that, uh, you know, for the sake of the family, they should know that you're up. Mm. So I said, okay, anyway, I came home. Then I, Roma and I hung around in my sister's department. Mm. Mm -hmm. She had a slimming section, a hairdressing section, mm. a facial section, a sauna section. It was huge. It was a three bedroom flat, which was converted. Wow. Like one, one of its kind in Asia at that time. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. So we hung around over there and my sister worked and she, Roma and I just lounged around. Okay, Romy, give me your pedicure. She was good at it. Okay. Okay. Just for the heck of it. Then I had a lot of blackheads. So my, I was the guinea pig for right. everything. Right. And Roma and I started hanging around. And that, then suddenly my sister said, you know, hey, excuse me, I'm there too. What are you two doing? You're <laughs> off to the movies. You're off to lunch. You know, all during the time. She used to get to work at 8 in the morning mm. and come back after 6. Mm. across the street. Mm. The days we made a program, we, both of us would jaunt off to go and see a movie. We'd have lunch in, in Skyrim. And then we'd come home at tea time and find that she's already home. And then I also discovered that Roma was literally living in our house. Mm. She just home to sleep. First uh, month or so, I watched this and I asked my sister, what's happening with this girl? Mm. Oh, she's got a terrible time with her mother. She's not quite normal. And so she spends the day with us. Because first couple of weeks I saw she came for lunch. Then she came for tea with Sada. Then in the evening she came back for dinner. You know what was happening? Mm. Once I got used to it, I was free and she was free. So for six months we loitered all over Calcutta. Mrs. Birla came one day and gave, offered me this job in Birla building. And then Roma and I started hanging out. Mm. Skyroom was our favorite. Mm. And she was, um, I think at that point, 80 kilos only. <laughs> and very, very uh, light on her feet. Mm. Mm. And she uh, loved shopping. Mm. Shopping in the same vegetable, fruit and uh, non-veg. She would mm. pick up a teller and go off to the market every morning, which I found fascinating. I've <laughs> never been to the market. <laughs> I can just imagine Roma doing it. For, for, all my, for all those who are listening in and all the viewers, Roma Hira was uh, a dear, dear friend and an Aurovillian and many of you know Roma's Kitchen. And that was one of the, the institutions that, that was in Auroville. And Roma passed, uh, when was it, uh, Rita, about a year, year back, a little over yeah, a year? The 20th, uh, 25th of April, uh, April 2020. Yeah. 
Yeah, 2020. And she's uh, something that someone who's uh, very dear. And uh, if this conversation is also becomes a tribute to Roma, so be it. Because for both Rita and me, uh, Rita much more because Rita has, you know, so much of her life at Roma. But, Actually, I am yeah. totally bereft with her gone. I don't know what to do with myself. To really sort of pull myself out and say, no, no, I must do this. But it's not the same without Roma and uh, so so going to the market, jaunting off to the market. Market. Then I started working for the Birlas. Mm. Uh, we were setting up their offices, Birla building, 16 story mm. building. Mm. Wow. I would go and collect samples, and Roma mm. would help me. And then she would come into my office and put all this. And every time we went out together, people would recognize me because Roma was with me. They'd seen this fat person. <laughs> I said, Romy, I'm dressed in trousers and t-shirts. They shouldn't be able to recognize me. It's because of you. Why don't you lose weight? She used to tell me, you should be grateful. I'm not slim. But then nobody would look at you. <laughs> oh, that's Roma. Yeah. That's Roma. Every time I told her, slim down, slim down, she said, no, no, I'm far too beautiful. If I become slim, nobody's going to give you any patta. I said, oh, so you're staying fat for my sake. <laughs> and then decided, to, we had, a, I don't know if you ever met Prem Malik. No, I've heard so much about him, but I've never met him, no. Roma was friendly with his niece, Minakshi. Okay. And uh, she met him. He was working with, I think, Lipton's. Okay. No, I ITC. Or whatever, one of these, you know, uh, companies. Was it Unilever? Was it Unilever? Hindustan Lever, yes. Hindustan Lever, yes, yes, yes. He quit at the age of 52 or 53 to go to Oroville. Mm. So he used to come and go and come and go. And we used to meet him and run around, you know, wherever he was. He usually used to come to for fundraising, Oroville mm. and Ashram were at loggerheads and all of it had no money. Mm. So that was his job. Then um, he persuaded Roma to go live in Oroville. I made several trips with Roma mm. and uh, she met up with Deepthi and Arjun. Mm. I had gone to, in between, I'd gone to Europe and America for about four months. Mm. She used to write to me that she found this beautiful place. And when I come back, I must go. I came back after four months, joined work. I'd taken special leave for that. And 15 days later, she brings uh, the ticket and says, we are going to Oroville. I said, I don't have the face to ask for leave. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, asked, but Mr. Birla was very kind. Mm -hmm. So he gave me leave. And then we went to Oroville. And we used to live in Pondicherry. Yeah. Oroville had two or three houses over there. How was Oroville at that time, Rita? Oroville was, I mean, uh, would be what? Physical space and people. And... Oroville was absolutely barren. They had planted mm. a lot of trees. Mm. A lot of people, there were some community, aspirational in one community. And then uh, Oromadil, Pashi Kapoor had one oh. Which was like, you know, when you go to buy a house and they have one flat set up, 
yeah. to show you how it looks. Yes. And thought, yes. Everybody used to go there to see, okay, this, they had no electricity. They had water. They had no, of course, TV and telephone were out of the question. Mm. And they had certain things called huts. And uh, some of these huts were on a treetop. The key tarts? What are the key tarts? Yeah. yeah. Deepti and Arjun. No, Arjun came much later. Deepti and her family were there in Pondicherry. Hmm. Mamaji had her flat in Pondicherry. Hmm. So we used to stay in this uh, guest house. Hmm. Krishna used to be over there and move around. Then finally, uh, Roma decided to shift there. The, Craziest thing is that Mamaji told her that you'll never shift because Rita will not, not let you shift mm. because of your attachment. So I told him, I said, it's not so. Mm. It's not that I'm holding her back. She has to take a decision. Mm. She has to decide whether she wants to leave the city, leave the flat, go and make her home over there. It's up to her. Mm. But I'm always going to be there. So we decided that I would stay back, look after her flat, and she would go. And uh, she started working in aspiration mm. for 400 rupees as the, what do you call it there? Maintenance. Maintenance. And her cigarette expenses were 800. <laughs> I said, Sata, what are you going to do? No, no, I have to do this. And she's to uh, cook for the community. Yeah. Then she started in, in Puttus. Through Puttu, she started this uh, service of giving food, catering. Mm. People would come and collect their food and go. She had a marvelous time. Mm. Marvelous time. And of course, uh, every time I visited, you know, at least in my 10 day trip, four days would be such where she's sitting and crying. <laughs> what the hell is the matter? Look at them. Look at these babies. They hardly get anything to eat. <laughs> I'm going to cook mutton and rice for them. I said, cook, who's stopping you? Mm -hmm. Five kgs of mutton and rice made for all the community bachas to eat. She was such a softie. Yeah. So and she moved around from aspiration to somewhere else. Then in, in Oromadel, we stayed in Nami's house. Mm, mm. Then uh, Oromadel, mm. all my visits. Then in between, I became diabetic. Mm. She, we had to carry my insulin in a cast. And first time I went there, she had to tell us that she was staying with us. Community, we have stayed in all the houses. Okay. <laughs> turn by turn. Yeah, yeah. And when I when I became insulin dependent, she used to give me my insulin shots. Mm. Till my sister went to the UK and brought what you call uh, insulin gun, which is nothing. Mm. It's a stupid little contraption mm. with the syringe loaded over there, mm. and instead of poking yourself, you just shot. Mm. This is aluminium thing, like mm. to, because most people don't have the courage to poke them. Correct. So I was going around with this, and one evening I was at some party or the other, and I needed to take my evening shot. 
I went to the toilet and forgot my gun and I was trying to shoot myself full of insulin. Then the bloody thing blew out. Oh my God. Oh my God. So fortunately, uh, the, the syringe didn't break. Hmm. I picked it up and I said, I'm fed up of this gun nonsense. Picked up, pressed the thing and poked myself. <laughs> and that was the end of that gun. <laughs> After that, every time Doha used to get on my diet. Don't do this. Don't eat this. Take your medicine. Take your shot. Walk. Do, you know, she was like a obsessed with mm. One day I told her, I said, this is my diabetes. Mm. I will manage with it. You don't have to worry. That was that. Mm. Mm. Then, of course, she moved to Dana. And she, she worked with me. I also moved to Monty. Yes, yes. So she left in 88, and in 92, I was visiting her. Tip mm. Kapoor was on his motorcycle. We were visiting uh, Sunana Nini Pandine. Mm. And he said, Roma, where is that friend of yours you keep talking about? Mm. Let's get her here. I want a, a person in my factory. This is Dilip Kapoor of Hyde Design, right? That's right. So yeah. he told him, here she is, she's sitting right behind me. Mm, mm, mm. So he said, would you be interested in shifting? I said, yeah, why not? Mm. And then he came to see me in Dana mm. and talked about his factory. I said, listen, I have no idea what is leather or the leather product. All I can give you is integrity. Mm. He said, that's all I want because there were a lot of tests and mm. going on there. Mm. Mm. So lo and behold, I shifted to Pondicherry. Pondicherry. Mm. Got a beautiful Duple house on Roma Roland Road. Mm. Yeah. And Roma used to go to the market and get all my non veg stuff in different portions. This is for one person, this is for four persons. This is if you have guests and stock up my freezer and push off every day at about 10 o'clock at night. So she was working with uh, Osos de Oroville. Mm. It mm. was called Osos the Oroville at that time. Okay, okay. No, it was not Maroma. It was Osos the Oroville. later. So she mm. was working there. She'd come over in the evening. We'd have dinner together at home now. Mm. Go to Sunday market. Did you know of a thing called Sunday market? No, I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay, Nehru Street ah. used to have a Sunday market every Sunday morning. The whole of Oroville and Youngsters from Pondicherry would end up over there. Really? Yeah, cheap materials, yeah. yeah cheap yeah. materials, and then t shirts and shorts, all kinds of stuff. Sequined mm. and, you know, mm. everything all the youngsters wanted. So every Sunday we'd go and buy. And then I every trip I came to Calcutta, I brought gifts, sequined t shirts, sequined mm. glasses, and parallels, and shirts for the boys, and all that. So yeah. that was one of our major highlights. Yeah. Roma and I used to walk, huh? Up and yeah. Down. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Up and down. Amazing. And every time I think of her when she was mobile, I say to myself, those were really the days. Yeah. Those were really days. Yeah. It, it was before her body caught up with her, right? And, yeah. And yeah. Her body caught up last couple of years, actually. Mm. Then, um, I was working with uh, Dilip, and then he made a proposal to Roma to come and do the marketing, domestic marketing. Mm. So she joined over there. She used to travel, setting up new shops all over India. Mm. And then, of course, there was a demand for the 
material back the norm and mm. I was the general manager. And I would tell them, sorry, I can't do you. And then we would have arguments a lot. And then they would sit there and tell everybody, see their best friends. <laughs> see how they're fighting? <laughs> they're best friends. <laughs> they said, What's wrong with you? No, he says, I love to see you fighting. <laughs> this fighting thing became quite the thing, you know, because we used to. Um, Jan used to have a house opposite her. Mm. Have you met Jan Dime? Jan is Baba's no. mother. Baba's no, mother. no, no, I haven't met. I haven't met her. So she was very close to Roma. Mm. So, there, there was only one room when I moved to Pondi. Roma had only one room mm. about the one kitchen. Mm. It was a small room. Yes. Mm. Mm. Then, of course, the veranda was extended. Jan would bring up. By then, telephones had come. Okay. Yeah. TV had also been used all the time. Have you fought yet? <laughs> I guess nothing, no, nothing makes a chemistry more evident than, than a fight, you know, yeah. the way the dynamics of the fight are very different if there exists a great chemistry. So, yeah. I have no, I have no idea. Even later on, even Namrita would bring up every morning. Have you fought, uh, fought yet, darling? I said, no, not yet. It's only the third day. Yeah, but usually three days is the limit. <laughs> what do you used to fight about? Just argue. Mm. Just argue. I used to nag her. She mm. used to tell me to butt out. Mm. But then if I said, okay, I'm not coming to the kitchen today. Mm. Said, Nothing is for me to do other than go to Pondicherry or go to the kitchen. But yeah. if I said, okay, I'm going to Pondi. So she said, okay, I'll hire your car. Going to Pondi. Within one hour, where are you? <laughs> what are you doing? What have you shopped? How much money have you spent? <laughs> are you coming back or not? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming back. Mm. Who have you invited to lunch? Have you invited anybody? To? Because that was the only place I could meet everybody. Right. right. Invite them to lunch, invite them to dinner. And the whole pattern went on and on. Rita, while we're talking so much about this, do you have Roma's picture somewhere? Yeah. Can you bring it in? All over my house. Once. Can you just bring it in? I'll... Ah, and there she is. There's Roma. Looking so beautiful. A lovely smile, eh? Lovely smile. Lovely smile. I yeah. talk to her every day. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, when she used to travel, mm. she used to travel with mother's picture. Mm. Mm. Put it on the bedside. Mm. When I travel, most probably I'm going to have to carry Roma's pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so she's become synonymous with mother for me. Yeah. On the picture, and I wish her good morning, Fata. <laughs> How's the day going to be? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Many times I say, why don't you call me? You know? Yeah. She used to call so often. Mm. I, I, there are times I think you guys used to talk at least. Ten times a day. Five times so is easy. See? <laughs> morning. Yeah. Morning before I went to work. Then uh, at lunchtime. Then uh, when she returned from Mar Maroma. And then before going to the kitchen. Mm. Then coming back from the kitchen. Yeah. Did I tell you about the time she almost, she, not almost, she saved my life. No, tell me about that. 
Well, one day, uh, a friend had visited from the States and we met up for coffee in, in Fleury's, my sister yes. Shukti and I. And I had a, I'm very fond of chocolate brownie. Mm. So I had a brownie with my coffee. Mm. And then when we finished, in the evening I told my sister, I, I don't want to eat uh, too much for dinner because my sugar is high. So she said, no, no, you've only had a brownie. I said, even so. So I took a shot and I didn't eat enough. Mm. So I went home. I used to stay in Roma's apartment in those mm. days. Mm. So I went over there and as was normal, Roma called from the kitchen mm. and she found me sounding very strange. Mm. So she said, why are you sounding like that? I said, no, why? So suspecting that something was wrong, mm. she rang up my family. So she kept me talking on the phone. Mm. And in the meanwhile, made a call to the family telling them that somebody should go across. And knowing the flat, you know, it has a very heavy iron bar across mm. it. Mm. So she kept telling me, open the door. Mm. And by then, I think I was, my sugar was dropping. Mm. Telling her in a sing-song voice, open the door. Mm. Why should I open the door? <laughs> <laughs> Guru, just go and open the door. Because she knew they couldn't break in the door mm. with that iron door. Mm. Subsequently, I don't know what happened because I must have passed out. Mm. My brother, my nephew, my bhabi, poor thing, she had a bad knee. She mm. could barely walk. Mm. She dragged herself from Stephen Court to Middleton Road. Arrived, I believe they picked me up, loaded in the car, took me to Bellevue. The next thing I know is that I hear my gynecologist, Raj Lakshmi, saying, oh, she's coming around. And I open my eyes. I see her. I see my sister in her nightie, mm. almost distraught. Mm. Mm. I said, why? What happened? What am I doing here? Mm. She said, they brought you in with your sugar was only 20. Oh, my God. Oh, so my if, God. If Roma hadn't Yes, pick that up. Yeah. Pick it up and traveled all the way to Donna and made sure that I was talking and made mm. sure. Obviously, she got to me. I, I undid the door mm. and opened it for them. Mm. So now, this is a regular joke with Deepti Arjun, Roma, and me. Mm. So they say, well, Arjun will come and say, let's talk about open the door. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, yeah. Romans, I mean, she, she took such good care of me without mm. my realizing. Diabetes, mm. and sometimes uh, at one time we didn't have a car, and I was stuck a couple of times in the office because of heavy rain. Mm. So, and so any difficulty, I just pick up the phone. Let me ask Roma. Romi, I can't get home. There, there are no taxis available. I can't get out. Okay, I'm coming. Mm. Up into a cab, I don't know how. Get over there, pick me up, bring me home. Amazing, amazing. Things she used to do. And then she had this eye for clothes also. Although she always wore this long sleeve yeah. shirts, it became short sleeves later on. Yeah. 
suddenly I'll find, uh, she'll say, I saw a very beautiful sari. Mm. I said, yeah. She said, I picked it up for you. And invariably, it would be the most gorgeous thing I've ever worn. Mm. Mm. So she'd these saris for me. And anytime I got dressed, she said, okay, will this do? Ironing is not done properly. Then she make take it off and iron it. She's particular about ironing, you know. Amazing, amazing. And nowadays, in the last four or five years, when all her suits were spent for ironing and then the folds, I knew how particular she was. I would sit down and iron out all the folds from her trousers and shirts and hang it up. Will this do, Roma? Well, there's a little bit of crease over there. And said, okay, I'm taking it off. <laughs> And I was also quite mean to her. I get on her case about uh, losing weight. Mm. And uh, now I realize how difficult it was mm. to move, you know. A lot of people indulged her. Like Saudamani would say, no, no, Roma, don't get up. I'll get this for you. I would sit there. I said, no, I'm not getting up. You get up and go to the dining table and get it. Mm. It looks so sad. Cocker <laughs> spanielized. Please. Mm. Finally, I'd give in and go. But I realized that that was quite mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was your attempt to try to get her to move, no, Rita? Yeah. I said, only five minutes, babe. Get up yeah. five minutes. Mm. Yeah, I'll promise. She promised. She never said no to me. Mm. I'll promise. Then I'll get on the phone and say, have you put on more weight? No, I haven't. I said, get on the weight, weighing machine. No, no, I only do that on Monday morning. I said, okay, you do it tomorrow morning for me. I was so obsessed with her weight. Mm. Really, that's, that's what killed her, you know, her mm. weight. Mm. And last trip she made over here, she, we had to take her to the, uh, to the court mm. for her plan. Getting a, to get a proper wheelchair, you know, she needed a big, bigger mm. wheelchair. And who was going to push her? Mm. And then when we came back, I told her, I said, Romy, next time you come, you have to get somebody with you. Mm. Mm. Earlier, I used to hire uh, mm. from the center. Mm. Mm. We didn't need that much. By lunchtime, we would release them because mm. I'd be there home by five o'clock. And in any case, she would sleep. But the, those remarks, they really bother me sometimes telling her mm. next time you find you bring somebody mm. that was sad but she loved that kitchen mm. and uh, Laura and what's his name Paul right Paul ah, Paul they gave her a very hard time when she decided to take on the kitchen mm. I felt that you know her attention would go away mm. but she managed both beautifully for a long time can you imagine with that? How did she do that? Yeah. That body working 14 hours a day. It's amazing. No, something else would carry her, Rita. And that was so obvious, you know. It's her spirit was oof, just so, so yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I could go on talking with you about this, but we 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 really done a lot of on time. So mm -hmm. let me bring bring it back to you a little bit as well, Rita. Uh, you worked for many years uh, in the Birla schools, right? And director of their schools for a long time, am I correct? So I was a secretary general, general of the trust that ran the schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 20, 25 years, 26 wow. years. 
that's a, that's a long time and what do you think what do you think is your i believe each person each individual has something unique to offer the world it's a it's a gift we all have uniquely like roma did uh, what do you think yours is and what do you think roma's was well roma's was uh, always uh, trying to help people actually she had a very interesting life yeah. before she went for pondicherry it with the parents and her sister and all i don't know if she ever told you that she did she told me some yeah so that was tough and she loved her smoking she loved her drinking she mm. loved her food i remember so, raising many glasses of single malt with her even when she wasn't well at least a glass of little bit of and we do that she loved all the good things in life mm. Even, even whatever outfits were it would be in the trousers and it had to be best quality mm. had to be best uh, tailor to stitches mm. the embroidery or nothing has to be done just so food has to be made just so you know and then her father had an import license for wines and drinks mm. as a child she used to take those little display bottles and drink <laughs> them up with water <laughs> tea water <laughs> she had a taste for alcohol from childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, I didn't know what was single malt, and I would bring her a whiskey, and she said, "You should have bought single malt." Mm. I said, "Please explain to me what it is. Do you give me a glass of whiskey, and I say oh, it's bitter? Mm. Mm. I have no no palate for it. Wines mm. and things and foods and pastries and cakes. Yeah, the works, the works. Yeah." we loved the good life yes and when, yeah, when we watched you know uh, movies on video yeah if they first tell me is this a poor man's movie <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to watch it <laughs> not enough of being poor yes. i want to watch a movie of a rich comfortable family so amazing no the, and the thing is that she shared it you know the, the, the it gave her a lot of joy yeah to very generous yeah very incredibly generous. generous with her time her attention her yeah, so it's just amazing and you know uh, i was very rigid in the sense if you said even a white lie i would get on her case and sometimes if she would borrow money i would get on her case i said this is not right i was very rigid that was my upbringing and on something mm. apart from my upbringing i think every individual person comes with a personality trait sure mine that i didn't want any kind of fraud or any kind of taking money borrowing money i detest it yeah like there would be times when um, i'd find that she borrowed money from someone and we'd have a huge fight why do you borrow money but i'm going to give it it was just because i didn't have it mm. no you're not to do it yeah. this kind of little things so and i think somewhere she took it to heart because obviously she didn't borrow it for the thrill of it mm. obviously had the difficulty but when she went to oroville if i told her it's okay you can debit this to the company you know just mm. as a joke she said no i'll never do that mm. she just turned a new leaf mm. and her integrity was just too much impeccable impeccable and her generosity like It's her, her, her generosity, her generosity is legendary in yeah. Oroville. You know, it's uh, 
it's the stuff of Auroville legends, I feel, you know? Yes. Like I was talking to Arjun the other day. Oh. Roma, uh, they used to tell me, is she making money? They were very curious. Oh. I said, she, she says she's not making money. Oh. So how can you run a restaurant and not make money? And which is true. I used to tell her, Roma, how can you run a restaurant and not make money? Oh. Then I said, show me your uh, balance sheet. Show me your, your oh. tax thing. Show me this, show me that. And then I would make her suggestions, like maybe you could raise the prices, maybe, yeah. maybe you could uh, reduce the portions, you know, all kinds of tips yeah. to do. No, she says, I'm not here to make money. I'm yeah. here to offer service. Mm. Anybody falls sick and horrible, she's sending them food, sending mm. them soup, sending them broth, anybody. And if it was a child, then of course, she talking about Roma's attachment to children and how soft she was. Mm. One day coming from Pondicherry, she, uh, on her mo motorcycle, she knocked a child down. Mm. Child, you know, children on that road, mm -hmm. they're all the time running up and down. So she did this, this, this finally mm. child got hit. Child fell down and started crying and Roma's crying also. <laughs> and this whole spectacle. Roma's crying, the child is crying, and then she's giving money to the child's parents to take the child to the hospital. Then for a month and a half, coming and going, she's meeting this child's yeah. parents, yeah. giving them money, giving them medication, giving them food. I said, Roma, you're mad. Yeah. Now it is over. It's not required anymore. They're just making use of it. But that's how she was. Yeah. And, and so much she did for... So much did for Orwell. So yeah. much, my God. Always, always. Mm. always. Mm. Sam was a little boy. Yeah, yeah. She put him to, to school over here. She found a, a friend of ours used to run a, a Montessori house. Mm. She put him over there. Then she had an um, afternoon school. So put him through school. Then he worked around over here. He also learned the passion for cooking. Then so came and worked with her in Norway. Yes, of course. And he was very good. He was a great cook. Very good. Mm. Very good. Trained by Roma. No? So. Yeah. Mm. And what about uh, Sri Ram? Yeah. He had a, his accident. Yeah. And she, and he called her and said that, I'm sorry, I've busted your motorcycle, had an accident. She wasn't worried about her motorcycle. Mm. She rushed over there, got him in hospital every day, morning, noon, and night. Mm. He was looking after him. He'll lay his life for her. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the kind of loyalty she would she would bring out in people because she was so genuine in the way that she reached out to them. Yeah, as you yeah. say, we could talk forever. We, we could talk, we could talk forever. I know. Yeah. So so tell me, Rita, what, what about you? What what is it that you bring? As, as I mean, you talk so much about Roma, and it's such a such an integral part of your life. But you, as an individual, what do you think? You, you basically uh, integrity, yeah. discipline, yeah. passion for the job at hand. Yeah. Everything. I mean, if something has to be done, it has to be done right with full energy. So, my in my entire career, that is the main thing that. All through my life, mm. I can't stand to tell lies. Mm. Everything has to be, you know, above board. Above board. 
I can't deny the workers their rights. Mm. That's why they still miss me. When they don't get what they want, they ring me up. Mm. I said, then I feel a sense of regret. Why did I leave? I should have seen this through. Mm. I should have seen that this fellow got confirmed. Then I tell myself, I mean, there's no end to that. Mm. Everybody's hired by me. Everybody's looked after by me. If some of them are being thrown out for some reason, they're all competent. I never hired anybody mm. to merit the job. Mm. The certain things, because of the pandemic, they're not giving them their rights. Mm. So they come to me, if it was you, if this would have never happened. I said, but when I left, I told you all, the change is the only constant. Mm. So expect the change. Mm. Embrace the change. You have my sympathies. If there's anything I can do, I will do. But you have to learn to work and live without me. So would that be would that be a message that you would give out to youngsters who are like starting out now, Rita, or in the middle of their careers and life and, and looking at the beautiful, checkered, incredible life you've lived, you and Roma? What would you tell them? What would you what what would you uh, advise? And if you don't like the word advise, what's what's your input to? Well, I think there should be, uh, I be very conscious mm. of their actions. Mm. Like I've been saying that to my nieces and nephews, mm. that every action has a reaction, has consequences. Mm. You must take responsibility for your actions. Mm. And if you learn to behave in a responsible manner, then you can choose uh, to deal with the consequences otherwise just doing a job for the sake of the money that it brings you really is not much joy absolutely absolutely is there anything else you'd like to say before we close out this conversation what can i say i mean i don't feel that i've done much in my life you think my life is incredible but i think i've just uh, my mother used to say, why do you give up jobs just when you have established yourself? I once uh, mentioned this to a, a guru pen of my father, Mrs. Hart. I said, you know, my mother says that I give up. She says, that's because in, in your life, you have come here to build. I like to build something and then move away without sitting and resting on my laurels. Wow, I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And is that that has played out for you? You see that that always, yeah. always. Mm. Every job they they required to build something, you know, built it. Then I moved on. Built it, moved on, mm. and without any regrets. Mm. You know, a lot of people feel that oh, I have built this, and I deserve to be here, and I should be here reap the fruits of my labor to me no mm. i think that way even though i've not read the gita or any of these scriptures i believe that you should not look for the truth mm. yeah. do your karma maintain your dharma and sounds very pompous but no. that's how it worked out it doesn't sound pompous at all because I, I hardly ever hear you allude to any of this. It's just the present moment, living it, and that's what you embody. Yeah. 
And I think that is so beautiful. Thank you. And, and so free, you know, because you've lived your life like a free spirit. You've decided your course. You've, and I think that is so beautiful. Thank you so much, uh, Rita. Not at all. Spending this time with me and for us to sit and talk about, and for me to listen to more about Roma, because like you, I really miss her. So, uh, yeah. You, you have to come. Yes, absolutely. Physically. Yes, as I said, we definitely, that's very much on my mind. That's a trip I have to make to come and spend some time with you in, in Kolkata again. Yeah, Kolkata or Pondicherry, wherever oh, well, yeah. the divine takes us. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Absolutely. She was so fond of you. And I of her. Yeah. 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 So happy to see your face, Chiba. Makes me feel like I'm looking at Roma at the background. <laughs> Roma sitting somewhere. She is, no? She is right through this, right through this. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rita. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure mine. Pleasure is mine. Thank okay. you. And take Bye. care. Thank you for your time and attention and for being a part of Soul Brews with Shiva. Until next week, keep the coffee swirling. <laughs>